Audacity started here. How's everybody doing? What's up? So, as promised, this is something that people have been asking me about and about making for a while now. Probably all the way back since I started making MMO-centric YouTube videos. I know, like, more recently we've we've gone into quite a bit about... Um, uh, mental health problems specifically for for young men and older men and uh, you know because that's what I am so that's who I give advice to because uh, obviously I'm not going to give a woman advice about how to deal with the third trimester of a pregnancy because I don't know that's not my it's not my prerogative but uh, here we are so we are in for another one and hopefully we can condense this down into the hour that we have I'm thinking that we can, but uh, yeah, a, a quick personal uh, update for those of you who have been watching or listening to my content for a while. Um, there's the next week, few weeks, I don't know for sure how it will affect it. I don't even, because I don't have all the details, uh, but, um, and I will keep you posted on what's going on via my Discord. Um, I still plan on streaming every week, but uh uh, little Raz might possibly, this is, I don't know, so don't, you know, I'm trying not to worry, so you should not as well until, you know, details are known. But Little Raz possibly has cancer, don't know yet, going to find out uh, next Wednesday. And uh, it could be that he has it and it's easily treatable, it could be that he has it and it's not and he's on borrowed time, but we will see. He's 13 years old this September, so I'm hoping things obviously work out well. Uh, I'm not ready to say goodbye to the little guy yet, so yeah. Um, positive thoughts, prayers, all that, all that shit. Send him my way uh, because he he needs it. But uh, he still behaves normal. He's doing well. He's running around like crazy, um, acting like typical little Raz. But you know, dogs are that way. They don't know if something's wrong. Really, he's not in any pain of any kind. So I'm just getting it checked. He he possibly has some some tumors. So we're gonna. We're going to, hopefully, they're benign and everything will be all right. So they're on his paw and uh, on his back. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. It could just be um, subcubaceous, I think it's the right word, uh, cysts or like kind of like dog warts, and it's pretty common as they get older. But I'm definitely going to get looked at next week. And I'll keep you guys posted about that. Uh, any, uh, any positive thoughts sent my way will be appreciated. But enough with the doom and gloom. Let's talk about it. So back in the early 90s, uh, late 90s, I mean, late 90s, early 2000s, I was designing a MMORPG, as you can see. Uh, thick as fuck. Um, yeah, like it's... Uh, and so this is what I'm going to go off of. I've made some revisions since, uh, but not a whole lot. We're not going to talk about story uh, or anything like that. I don't want to give too much away in case, you know, someday God... God knows I actually get to make this thing, but probably not. But still, uh, the story needs work. I wrote it when I was in 99. Uh, but again, it's a sandbox story, so it's it's a, it's a very vague do-your-own kind of thing. Um, thanks, uh, Galantis. I appreciate it. Yeah, I will, we'll see. I, I have my fingers crossed for the little guy, and he's out there barking because he can hear kids outside. Uh, apologies for the sound. Rozzy, that's enough, buddy. Um What's up, Ram? How you doing? But uh, yeah, this is an MMORPG. One quick second. Let me silence this dog. Hold on. One second. Sorry. 
fucking turd. All right. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, yeah, he triggers himself because if I leave the blinds to my balcony open, he goes and stares out them and just barks at people. So I had to close the blinds so he wouldn't trigger himself. Uh, ridiculous dog. Anyway, so we're going to go over the systems that I've designed and my ideas. Uh, obviously, my perfect MMO would be a sandbox and uh, not not a theme park MMO as like, you know, most MMOs in this day and age are theme park. So, yeah, this is, I'm not... I didn't want to go that route, and to be fair, too, when I designed this, uh, theme park MMOs didn't exist yet. Um, everything was sandbox, open world type stuff. So that's what I am going to be. That's what I designed it originally to be. And uh, so obviously I'm going to leave out stuff about storylines are relevant. Uh, you're, you're pretty much plopped down in this world. Uh, you come into a world that your character used to be familiar with thousands of years ago, but through some storyline elements, yeah, you, know, you were locked away um, in a state of timelessness. So you weren't aging, didn't need to eat, didn't need food, but you weren't really conscious. So for you, your character was a blink of an eye. Everybody's character was a blink of an eye, and you step into a world where uh, obviously it's been thousands of years, so shit has changed dramatically from when you were sealed away. And, every, and it's not like a trope in like you're the main hero you're not everybody that um lived on this planet was put into that state uh for the sake by higher beings for the sake of uh saving everybody from disaster so when you come back out everybody you know you're you 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 create your character now how i would do character creation obviously uh it's it's a given you're going to have all the customizations of height weight um eye color, you know, skin color, everything like that. Uh, there will still only be male and female genders. So if you, you know, if you, if you don't like that, this fucking game ain't for you. <laughs> but uh, um, we never landed on us on us uh, because there's a couple other guys who were involved with this with me at the time. We never decided if if we were going to go the high fantasy route and have things like dwarves and elves and gnomes and shit. Uh, I think ultimately we didn't want to, we wanted everyone to just be human. Uh, so, uh, or humanist, right? So like, it, there's not different, like my mythical races you can choose between. They were just humans, but you can, you know, like real life and you customize them as much as you want. But in this, in this world, there is magic. There is a system. So how you would do it uh, at initial character creation is there would be, um the same in fact let me go to my section here section 11 <laughs> hold up a second uh there would be the same idea of um base stats right so you've got uh uh no gnomes no lava fells no absolutely not ram no fuck none of that shit so there's yeah there's stats so there's um there's going to be like things like strength, you know, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, uh, the, you know, the, the baseline stats that you see in a lot of RPGs and these stats have an effect. So you, you know, you have a certain amount of pool you can actually put points into at character creation and everyone starts at the same amount, but the, uh, you have to decide where you put them right out of the gate. There's no pre-created characters right for you to pick from like you like an elden ring where you can pick a warrior or whatever a vagabond and it has stat distributions for you that's not going to exist you have to do it on your own you have to decide what you want uh it will be very detailed 
about what each stat does, what it affects, because it affects your actual skills. So what you do is after you pick your, in the character creation, after you pick your base stats, you're also going to pick what you're proficient in. So kind of like, you know, a la D&D style. So you would pick, if you wanted to be a swordsman, you would pick sword as a specialized skill, like a top specializes. You're like, you, you, you get the most benefit from that too. So you're going to have, um, and I, and I'll be honest, I straight lifted this idea from assurance call cause I thought it was done really well, but I have s- several tweaks to it. So you pick like specialize in like a uh, swordsmanship, right? But you only have so many skill points to distribute at character creation too. You can't just pick whatever the fuck you want. Obviously it costs more points to be specialized in something than it does to just be trained in that thing or proficient in that thing, right? Call it your, it goes specialized, um proficient and then basic like you just know it you train right to completely untrained and you know those skills are untrained as you level up in the world um it's going to be a considerable amount of levels but you do get more skill points to change something that maybe you trained and make it proficient later on or something proficient and make it specialized later on so you get more benefit from that thing so Let's say you make your character right and you have enough points to be like specialized in things like um, in swordsmanship and defense, right? You're specialized uh, with stats governed by skill level and skill where a mul- multiplier. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into more detail with that. So say you have enough points to specialize into sword, defense, and then you're proficient in maybe one or two things, you know, maybe like blacksmithing because it uses the same skill distribution as uh the the stats you need to wield the sword efficiently and then you know all the way down to untrained shit that you don't know things like you know making arrows or crafting alchemy shit like that right they're not going to be in your forte if you're using a sword you're not going to be great at this stuff that takes higher intellect and, and things like that so you would create a character okay and you you have this character set up you know you can make skills you're not good at at all better later you can train them you can make things that are just trained become proficient things that are proficient become specialized later there would be a system where you can reallocate this but it would be very long quest line very complex to give you some you know more permanence in your character decisions it's not impossible to go back uh, but you can uh, unlearn or unspecialize things but it's it, it would be very difficult to do so so now here's where it deviates quite a bit from uh, assurance call in a way. So an assurance call, I mean, obviously the only the only uh, classes that had skills you could actually click or skills you could bind, key bind were the magic using classes. All the melee classes and like the archery classes, you you know tap targeted and then you just pressed attack. And the only option you have for attack was what height you're attacking at. So head, abdomen, legs. And I wouldn't have that system because um, obviously that gets boring really quick if you're just swinging a sword endlessly, you know. So what I would do is the combat would be a mixed system of uh, tab targeting and action combat. So a lot of skills would be uh, tab target because I think tab target overall is just the better system. Uh, but there would be a handful of skills as well that were action-based so they swing around you they hit things that are close to you or a certain amount of you know meters in front of you uh and 
in order to do that, you'd have to press like whatever keybind that is to, to do it. Or you could do the keybind into a mouse click if that's what you wanted to do, if that was, you know, felt better to you. But uh, I, I just think I just think games that go, I get the action combat can feel fun and intense like in Lost Ark and, and, and um, things like that. But I so far I haven't seen an action combat system that feels better than a tab target system. I currently have never found it. So why fix it if it's not broken, right? I, I think a hybrid is better, but leaning more heavily on tab target. So let's say you're you're leveling up your uh, as your and here's the nice thing in most MMORPGs, yeah, exactly, Ram, exactly. In most MMORPGs, um, you see what they do is you don't get anything like stat increase, um, new abilities, that kind of shit, new talent points or whatever, until you level up, right? You actually get a level. And that's not what I would want to do in my world. I don't want level to dictate much at all outside of just it being a marker for how much experience you've gained. I would do it as as you have, as you gain experience points, right? And your little bubbles are filling up to level. You can take those experience points, <clears throat> excuse me, and then apply them to your skills. So let's say right out of the gate, because you're specialized in swordsmanship, you take, it costs 100 points to raise your swordsmanship from 100, a stat of 100 to 101, right? And obviously, the more experience points you pump into that skill, the more expensive it gets the next time, you know, it ever increases. So you're pumping in stuff like that. Now, for let's say that to be a good swordsman, you need strength and dexterity, right? Strength and dexterity are the best stats. Um, strength and dexterity are going to contribute. Now, if you just were just proficient, right? So let's say, actually, let's say you're just trained in sword. You're not, I don't know why you would just train in a combat ability, but you're only trained in sword. For every five points of strength or dexterity, it automatically increases your sword skill by one. And let's say you're proficient in it. It's every three points you put into either one, raises it by one. And for uh, if it's specialized, every two points raises it by one. I mean, again, these numbers are just, I'm just throwing numbers out to give you concept. Obviously, the more math and number crunching will be done if this is put into play, into practice. So there's a reason why you would want, you know, if you keep pumping experience points into sword directly, eventually it gets too expensive to, to raise it wherever you're hunting, whatever level you're at. Instead, what you would do is start putting points into strength and dexterity, and that would, by, uh, you know, as a result, um, you know, vicariously would start raising the other, <clears throat> your sword stat automatically every two points you put in either stat. And not only that, but it would also be raising any other skills you may have that are affected by strength and dexterity. So you would be doing this. You would spend experience as you go. You don't need to wait to level to actually become stronger. Uh, you're you're constantly applying experience. Then again, using a sword person as an example, let's say you finally hit 200 on your sword skill, right? You hit 200. There'll be a talent tree that's there, and let's say there's sword skills sword abilities that um unlock at certain thresholds so let's say sword at 150 unlocks a, a a selection of one or two abilities or three abilities and you get to pick only one 
and then let's say at 200 another one unlocks 250 another one unlocks 275 300 right all these abilities unlock um the the point of this uh would magic have a single skill stat or a skill per elementary school that's a good question and i and i will get to that because i'd have several schools here i'd have a lot more schools then uh, there, there's two different ways to go about it, and I never settled on one completely. And so it'd be good to get your feedback on that. But um, we're, I'll, I'll get into the magic system next. Right now, I'm talking about melee combat. So, in um, you'd get these new abilities, right? That you could you could use that. And the point of this is to make sure that uh, you know because naturally, as you level up and get higher and higher and higher and stronger, your if you're specialized in sword. Um, Ultimately, someone who's the same level as you, that's only proficient in sword, not specialized, is ultimately not going to have access or as easy access to certain skills and abilities that someone who's specialized in it will get. Because it's going to be much easier for them to reach those thresholds if they're specialized. They'll get those abilities, right? Because that's where they chose to focus. Uh, it's kind of like a give and take. You know, you're, you're picking something and sacrificing other things to get something really powerful. Uh, so how I would determine if an enemy can be hit is all enemies, depending on their level, are going to have a certain stat of defense. Defense is primarily for, um, you know, obviously you won't be able to know what it is, but you can kind of roughly guess based on what level, uh, the, the, the monster is that you're fighting. Cause you'll be able to identify monsters and like inspect them from a distance and they'll, it'll tell you what level they are. Uh, and again, that'll be another skill called like perception or something to where if you don't have high perception and you're trying to see what their stats are, it'll just have a question mark there because you can't tell. But if you're, you know, high in perception, you'll be able to just look at them and kind of tell some some hidden stats about the monster you're going to fight. But anyway, that's a whole nother thing. So you would go after the monster, right? And let's say your sword skill is 200 and the monster's defense skill is is 220 um at 200 to 220 you would be able to make, get some hits but at, if he's 20 points higher than you you're going to miss a lot he's going to evade and dodge you a lot and your hits that do make contact aren't going to do max damage uh let's say his defense is down to 210 his defense is only 210 you're going to hit most of your shit I mean, you're not. You're still gonna miss frequently, but your hits are gonna do full damage when they're only ten points above you. If they're at your level, um, how often they dodge you is gonna be next to never. It'll still happen occasionally, but it's gonna be pretty close to never. And you're gonna do full damage, and you have your full your full amount of crit. So if you have a crit chance of let's say fifty percent, no, that's stupidly high. You realistically are gonna crit every other hit. You know. You're fifty. You're gonna get a lot of crits. So the higher the defense skill the monster is above your skill level, will make it so it's harder to kill that monster, especially by yourself without without buffs and debuffs and all that kind of thing coming into play. What this does is it makes areas of the game and the monsters that inhabit that area of the game. Uh, it makes them. It makes it dangerous, and it makes you have to make a choice if you want to go fight there. Uh, in addition. Instead of because instead of tying um, a zone to a mob type, no mob types are going to be um, tied to a zone. So like permanently. So for example, you see this <clears throat> a lot in the theme park MMOs where new content comes out, new patch comes out, or a new expansion comes out, and the monsters there are tough. But then all the shit that you beat up before this is 
easy and a joke and you have you know and there's no reason to ever go back to that zone again what this does is it gives the developer an opportunity to change a zone or a map like let's say make certain monsters migrate to a new area of the world that are much stronger in an area that used to have like new bass monsters in right so you can shift just where the monsters are and how they spawn in order to keep areas relevant how much does gear quality affect attack versus defense so i will get into that too so you will find gear in the game right so another common thing you see especially with games like final fantasy 14 world of warcraft is gear has a, and i'll get more into gear in a bit but gear has um like stats like strength and endurance and and crit on it right um i would base stats like strength through you know all the base stats i would not um have gear have any of those stats on it gear has primarily defense it raises your defense skill your magic resistance skill um and it also it can do some minor bonuses to like direct skills so for example a chess piece it says plus five to sword or plus five to bows right or plus five to destruction magic stuff like that that will be on gear but the actual base stats will not be on gear this makes it so much easier to control and avoid power creep on gear every time you bring out new gear you know you're like well now the last gear was plus 30 strength so this gear is going to be plus 40 or no one will want it right that we have you avoid that completely that way so there's not going to be the only way you can increase your base stats is you will be able to find is obviously putting experience into points to make them higher but also uh jewelry so rings bracelets necklaces earrings whatever those can have magic on them that cast buffs on you like greater strength right um and it, uh but they're they're not buffs that an, a mage can't cast on you themselves right so the, with some exceptions so for example let's say you go up to your friend who's a mage in the game and you say hey can you buff my strength and they you know do strength level four on you and it you know bumps up your strength 40 points and the buff lasts an hour right the buffs are going to have a, a longer duration than people are used to in games so let's say it buffs your strength for an hour that's great but eventually that buff's going to wear off right so you'll be able to have jewelry that casts those spells so you don't always need to buff i mean ask your mage friends for buffs right so you find a ring that casts strength level four on you right but the the, the mana in the ring will slowly drain over time so you need to have materials that you can either are craftable or findable or purchasable to recharge that as you're out doing your shit. So you can just grab like a mana stone, for example, and recharge a ring that's almost depleted. Once it's fully depleted, it doesn't get destroyed. You just need to recharge it. And uh, so you can get by if you're not a magic caster getting and still find a way to get your buffs, right? So I would do it that way. Uh, there would also be, in my opinion... Uh, rare rings so high tier rings that have like instead of like strength four something called like minor strength right so the minor strength is not a spell that any mages can learn in the game it's unique to jewelry that'll maybe buff it 10 points but then you can get your friend to buff you and then you throw in that ring bam now you have 50 points instead of 40 right so there's going to be things like that uh what's up Demas? how you doing um we're just going over the uh the entire idea of uh, the MMO I designed uh, 20, 22 years ago. Uh, so that's how that would work. Now, 
that would make gear stay relevant much longer. Uh, and obviously crafters would be able to craft this kind of gear. Um, but now let's get into the magic system. Because, Ram, you asked about that. Uh, so magic system, first and foremost, is going to follow the same rules in terms of uh, if you can hit a monster, except for the monster's defense skill is not what uh, determines if it gets hit. It's magic resistance skill does, right? So how high its, its resist is will determine whether he resists your spells or hit. And obviously it's the same formula of if he's 20 points at, above your skill, he's going to resist a lot. If he's 10 points, he, he won't, um, he'll still resist quite frequently, but when you do hit, it'll hit for full damage and then down to where it's even or lower, you're going to be critting to the maximum degree of your crit stat, uh, in addition to, um, things like, uh, um, he's not going to resist hardly at all. Right. At, at that point. So it's, it's the same general rule. Now, how you would learn new spells again you have access to the same trees but you need to be specific right so for example there's going to be de elemental magic so that's like you know wind fire ice water that type of stuff and those are all going to be in the same tree because that's elemental magic um and then there'll be things, a whole nother, you know, and that's one. So if you specialize in elemental magic, you have access to all the elements. However, each element's going to have a different, like, underlying play style. So, for example, um, uh, ice spells are going to do a lot of slowing your target and, you know, enfeebling it. It can't move as fast. Uh, fire spells are going to have a lot of damage over time. You know, wind is going to be more movement focused. You have things like um, water, right, which can cause like drowning effects and things that debilitate targets that way. But then there's also going to be other schools of magic like creation magic, healing magic, like we'll call it like life magic. Um, uh, it's going to have things like uh, um, chaos magic, dark magic, so necromancy, that type of stuff you can focus in. Obviously, necromancy would be more like pet-based stuff if that's what you wanted to build into. What's your favorite MMORPG for this designing? Well, I mean, I've played almost every MMORPG that's ever existed, but when I designed this, the core fun fundamentals of this game, my biggest influences were Assurance Call, Dark Age of Camelot, Ultima Online, Dungeons & Dragons, the board game, obviously, were heavy influences. So that's that's the big thing there. Um, but yeah, then you would pick abilities, but you know, you got to pick, you know, if you're elemental, which one do you want to focus into? Um, now, obviously, I said it would be hard and difficult and it would take time and grinding to unlearn things like if you specialized in chaos magic to change it to proficient instead, you know, to take it back because you want to bring something else up to specialized would be hard. But once you are specialized in something and you, you know, you go all in on fire or let's say you go all in on fire as the, the main element you want to focus on, um, you would, it would be easier to then go to switch to a different element, right? To change what skills you're using, switch to a different element would be easier um, than changing it at all like it wouldn't be an instant click but you could do it you could change stuff and you would over time get enough skills to have an evenly big you know enough experience to have a, a pretty big a pretty awesome 
like uh, distribution among all the elements. So it's not like you have to pick fire and you can't have any ice, you can't have any anything else. That's not how it would work. You know, you would get a fair spread, but again, you would have to focus on what you think is most important. Uh, also, in this way, it makes, in the same way that, you know, MMOs want crafters to be, people who love to craft to be uh, demand be in demand by the their peers in the game, you'd also want certain classes to be as well, right? So let's say you're going to a dungeon that's full of uh, ice creatures or, or whatever. And so you're like, oh, we... We want to find a, a mage that can give us a bunch of buffs, right? That can help us fight these. Or we want a mage that's really good at fire damage so he, he can he can hit the enemies easier and do more damage to them. Because, you know, obviously an ice enemy is going to have a vulnerability to fire. While a fire enemy, you start blasting with fire, it's not going to do much to it. And how, um, I think an, another step in the right direction for gear, like you were asking, Ram, um, would be... How, how do melee classes that don't use magic deal with challenges of like, oh shit, I'm fighting, you know, a, uh, I'm fighting a fucking ice golem, right? And my sword is a regular ass sword. It's not doing that much damage. Well, you'd be able to grind and craft and find fire swords, right? So all you would do is switch what weapon you're using uh, before you go in. And you'd have a, diff a couple different setups. You could switch on the fly in battle, you know, change maybe between two or three weapon setups. You know, but again, you'd have like a fire sword if you knew there were, you know, ice enemies in there and a lightning sword or like that type of thing. So you can, so your damage is converted to a certain damage type. Uh, Ram asks, how easy difficult would you want Spellblade or Paladin times to be, i.e. mixing melee and magic or sword and board with life protection magic? That's a very, very good question. So how I approach that was, let's say you kind of want to be like a more support based or a Paladin type type role, right? Um, obviously, and let's say you want to be a paladin that uses a, a sword or a hammer. So obviously strength is going to be important, right? Uh, but then you would also probably, instead of going to dexterity, you would go into um, intellect or wisdom or whatever stat uh, attributes to that. So you could specialize in sword or even better, you could like be proficient in swords and then specialize in like holy magic, right? So you could do that. And then there would be other trees that combo out, right? So there's going to be combos. So let's say you, you're specialized in holy magic. Um, and your holy magic would buff your sword. So if you're just swinging with your sword, uh, you know, willy-nilly, it's not going to do as much damage as someone who's specialized in sword. But then as a paladin, you use your holy magic to imbue and power up your sword because you're more you're specialized in holy magic and not in sword. And then you could go in and do damage. Also, there would be certain trees for every weapon that only unlock if you're specialized or have it not specialized, but uh, have a certain amount of skill points, um, amount of experience spent in two different skills so holy and sword right obviously it's gonna be harder to reach those if you're only proficient in sword but eventually it would unlock a whole a whole nother tree for that combination and i know that would take a lot of work as a developer to find all the combinations and not every combination would be possible um in fact it would be easier to make it more generic and say you know to, in order to unlock this skill you must have 300 points in holy magic and 200 points in any melee weapon and then it unlocks a spell or an attack right so that's 
that's ultimately how I would approach that uh, in that way. So again, uh, and, and, and this, I think so far how I've designed it is it would, that makes people avoid um, the whole, you know, max level is where the real game starts. Now, the real game starts the second you fucking make your character and you start every day you're building towards it, putting experience towards the skills you want, towards the the stats you want, trying to find the gear you want. Because gear can still come with like things like crit, but it's not going to come with, you know, base stats. So you want to find shit that has the best armor. That's another thing that is going to you're going to want to keep in mind. I would bring back the burden system. I know a lot of MMOs used to do this and they don't anymore where the items in your inventory have weight. And obviously certain stats such as strength, endurance or whatever affect how much you can carry. In that way, you're not going to have a mage running around uh like uh, in full fucking plate armor, you know, and he can tank hits to the face. If if it's ever possible for a mage to tank hits to the face, it should be through the spells and abilities they learn, not the armor they're wearing. So, you know, and that's the same thing is true because in generally speaking, people that go full melee are going to have, don't have a lot of magic to use. They're going to have better protective armor as a whole right like just generally speaking there will be exceptions and this also plays in to uh death because i think most of you guys can agree that death in mmorpgs in this day and age as in anything released in the last 10 15 years is fucking meaningless death is not really a punishment dying going somewhere you shouldn't have gone uh, and getting killed is not really a big deal. Doesn't fucking matter. So what I would change about that is death would definitely be important. So what I would do is if you die, you drop your body and you drop a couple of things on your body that are the heaviest weight, right? If if all your shit weighs something relatively light, like if you're a mage, for example, obviously the heaviest shit might be your weapon. Um, but I would have RNG decide what items you lose. It's not ever specific, so you can't game it. Um, you would lose either what's heaviest or what has the most money value attached to it. Now, when you lose it, it's on your body. You can go back and get it, right? You but that might mean if you went somewhere stupid and you died in a, a dangerous area, you might need other players to help you clear out the area and get your body back, right? So I would make you drop not everything, but a handful of shit. And uh, obviously there will be some rare items in the game that are impossible to lose. They never drop no matter regardless of their weight. And those will be special items and people will want those. Uh, but you lose shit. So you go up and you, and you, you, have, to, you have to go get your shit back. Right? And then I would also do a small penalty when you die to when you're resurrected, right? It's not a penalty to your stats because obviously you missing items is going to affect your stats enough. But I would put a small experience absorb shield on you. So like, for example, if you don't have this death fatigue and you kill a monster, you get the full experience. Let's say the enemy that you kill gives you 50 experience points, right? If you go kill that same enemy and you have death fatigue, instead of giving you 
50 experience points, it gives you 40, right? For a certain amount. Once that absorb shield is full, you get normal experience again. Uh, but that also means that stack. So every if you keep dying over and over and over and over without getting rid of your experience of absorb shield, um, eventually you'll be killing shit and all the experience will be going to the absorb shield. So you got to be fucking smart. Uh, what's up, Nick? What's up, Raz? Uh, Final Fantasy XI was my first MMO, and IMO, they just don't make MMOs like they used to. In order to save the genre, I would think they would need to be, bring back the core principles. I agree 100%. And I mean, I designed this MMO. You see, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's a fat-ass binder of an MMO I designed. Uh, it, it's all based on core principles, because this, this whole thing was designed before theme parks were even a fucking thing. Oops, I didn't mean to hit that. My bad. My keyboard got hit, but yeah. So there's um there there's that. So what did uh, what other systems? Oh, PVP. So I would approach PVP, and like you have to do a quest to become flagged for PVP. I would make certain areas and certain dungeons always PVP possible, so everyone's hostile in those locations. But those are going to be few and far in between. Um, I. I, I gambled with the idea based off DAOC of faction, like you know, faction PvP, but I don't think factions would work in this game. And to be honest, I think DAOC was a one-off in getting it to work for so long. But games that are based in factions ultimately end up in faction imbalances, and there's really nothing developers can do uh, about that. So um, I wouldn't do faction PvP. I'd have a quest where you have to actually do a dark, like, fucking edgy as fuck quest to become a player killer right and then you can only attack players that are also have done that quest right you can only attack blatantly attack other people in pvp if they have that quest unless you're in one of the open world areas where it's enabled for everyone all the time because it's a hostile zone or something right so but ultimately you have to only fight other PvP players, and it's dangerous because if you die, the same death rules apply in PvP. So if you die in PvP, you drop your shit. But the only difference is the person who killed you can take your shit. So you got to be fucking smart, right? Whoever killed you can loot your fucking body, but they can't take every item. So let's say you died and you dropped four items. They can only pick one, one or two uh, tops. And that puts a little bit of extra edge on that where you're like, fuck. But then it also makes it so people who have no interest in ever PvPing don't have to. They don't have to go to those zones or those dungeons that have it enabled full time. And they don't have to do the quest. So they can't just get ganked in the middle of like while they're you know hunting or doing a quest. They can't just get fucking ganked. Okay, next question. Will dungeons and raids be instance or part of the open world? And if a dungeon is a gate which requires a key, can you lock it after going in so those are good questions um ultimately when i was designing this again this is before theme parks and instance shit existed so i didn't even know what that was so no nothing is instanced in this game um but what i would do uh, there's a couple possible options so some dungeons you know because if you go to a dungeon to farm something and it's full and uh, you don't want to deal with the crowd find another dungeon to farm right like there's people in there it's full uh I think what I would do is all dungeons, dungeons are not instanced ever, uh, unless of course you have server issues and then you have to shard them, but that's a different, that's not instancing so much as it is just making sure the servers don't crash. But I would think all dungeons would be open. Everyone can go in. Um, 
and obviously if you make a dungeon where there's a lot of strong enemies it's got to be strong enough where you can't get 30 people and zerk through it in five seconds like it's shit's got to be dangerous right uh because the main source of experience in this game is going to be through fighting i'm not going to have like quest hubs with people with exclamation points above their head uh, most of the lore in the game will be discoverable through talking to people, finding things, story arcs, and stuff like that. Uh, because, again, you're not the hero. You're not this fucking hero of light or the champion of Azeroth or any of that shit. You're just a fucking dude, an adventurer trying to make your way through shit, right? So, but I would put um, limits on some dungeons. So, let's say, I, I know for a fact, you know, after crunching the numbers, hey, if any more, the, if like 20 high highly leveled players are in here this dungeon's a joke so i would cap out dungeons and shard them so let's say no more than 20 players can be in this dungeon at a time so if you run into this dungeon and there's 20 people in there it will put you into a different version of the same dungeon and fill those up as it goes right um raids on the other hand you could approach the same way um get a group together you go in there and I think raids would work better, though, with instancing. So I think I would instance raids, but not dungeons. Uh, and I think you, you know, I think that's the better way to go, is do it that way. But again, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure if I would want to do, and I, I don't think I would do weekly lockouts because raiding, while good, and you can get some really good shit from there. Um, I don't think it would be like the end game content at all. Um, now, as far as like uh, tank healer and DPS, Holy Trinity is what you're asking. Uh, no, there is no, there is no Holy Trinity in the in the design of this game. That way, it's you're better with with friends, but you're also you can solo shit if you want to, right? Because obviously one of the, the shittiest things about like uh, playing a healer, for example, in World of Warcraft, leveling up a healer, you're going to have a slower time leveling up than a DPS class. Uh, and tanks are going to be slower, but never fucking die, right? What I would do is you can still... So it'll, it'll exist in essence, right? So you can have someone who's specialized in healing magic and someone who's specialized in taking damage, like have a really high defense skill, right? And... The more you level up in defense, it opens a tree for taunting enemies and shit, right? But everybody, if they're good at their class, will have some way to possibly tank damage unless they build themselves as a fucking glass cannon. In that case, they better have friends that are not, right, if they want to do that. Um, but I would also make it so it's and it's, po it's going to be possible in some way or another to heal yourself. So, like, if you're a warrior, right, and you're a sword person, a sword and board person... Um, and you don't have any magic you didn't specialize in, you're like, well, how the fuck do I heal? I would bring on use healing kits, potions and healing kits. That way they utilize the alchemists and uh, that stuff more, right? Um, and so that's what I do because if you, and that still applies to a mage because just because you're a mage doesn't mean you have a bunch of healing spells. Like if you're focused on chaos magic, right, and you're going in balls fucking deep, say you can tank some hits, but you'll 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 you will also need healing kits and uh potions to survive if you're going solo so i think that would be a fair balance where there's not oh you pick this you're a tank because then that also eliminates groups that are like we need a tank for this we need 
two healers or we can't go tonight you know we need we're missing three dps nah man like you should just be able to the the holy trinity would be there in essence so you can build that way and if you do build that way and have a group comp that way uh you might have a slightly easier time in in some content but ultimately no like it's it's not enforced and it's not necessary to beat content so hope that answers your question about tank healer and uh a dps now transportation i know i know people people like mounts i think mounts are cool i would definitely want to include mounts but i would also want to make portals and finding because the world would be big and it's an open world so portals and shit to get around um and not fast travel not like you go to your map and go okay click that it teleports me there like in guild wars 2 no i would make it so oh i want to go over there like up in this the upper northern you know northeast corner of the map um okay i know there's a portal you know a few like a a five minute or a three minute horse ride to the south of me that takes me up in that area. It would be more like that. So that, you know, obviously there would be one of the schools of magic would be teleportation or, you know, um, time magic that lets you, time and space or gravity magic that lets you teleport, which then gives players that choose to focus that way. Sure, they may not be doing the most damage, but if they're specialized or shit, not, just trained in it, they could still be handy and open you some portals to some places, right? to get to for mobility to get around faster and then eventually once you're high enough level you could even if you're a sword person you could at least maybe train gravity magic uh you know and, and put some points in to your intelligence a little bit so that you can kind of be your own chauffeur you know for teleporting on, on a basic level around the world so that that's that's what i would do uh in that situation um let's see again there, there'd be guilds There'd be guilds, and uh, but I would add there would obviously be benefits to being in a guild without not just the social aspect, uh, and not just like bonuses of like there'll be bonuses like hey if you, if you do this content with a guild group, you know you get one extra item that would be a perk. But I would also make it so um, there's like a fealty system, so you swear fealty to people in the guild, and so the highest ranking officers. Um, and the the guild the guild leader right get whoever is under you in sworn fealty to you in the guild would get a small percentage of your experience not in they would take it from you you still get full experience but let's say this monster dies right you kill a monster and it gives you 50 experience points that's the full amount it can give you you get 50 you still get 50 but the person in your guild that's one step higher than you gets 3 right very small amount one 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 or two three experience points that way, it it creates a, a you know a social aspect where you want to swear somebody, you want people to swear to you. It create a chain of leveling up, and you're even getting experience when you're offline, right? So you're getting some more uh, you know small benefit. But then it also incentivizes that player. Like, why would they swear allegiance to you in your guild? And it's because you're going to help them with the game, right? So like you're like your patrons or the people below you are giving you experience. So you're like, hey, I got this fucking cool item. Here you go. And if you treat, you know, the people under you like shit, they're going to leave and find a different guild. I think that would uh, be a good system for guilds that way. Assurance Call did something very similar to this. Um, would be cool if restoring the portal network was a server-wide meta goal. Yeah, you could do that too. Find new portals, unlock portals, right? Find new dungeons um, so that travel gets easier. That would definitely be an active thing that's going on in this world to help it feel like it's alive, right? 
Maybe gatherings of crafters could have sent to restore portals and ships and ports. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I would want people to be as involved as they want to be, but it can help. Obviously, I'd want player housing. Player housing would be a thing, and it wouldn't be instance. There'd be areas of the world, because the world would be huge. It's just have houses everywhere, neighborhoods, right? Like fucking suburbs, and you can go in there. Or if you got really deep pockets, like a mansion on the middle of the top of this hill, maybe buy land, build something on top of it. I think that should be a thing. NPCs that sell things, NPCs that you know are slaves or whatever, and do your housework. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think that would be a, a good thing. And and back, I did write this down, so I wanted to hit on this. Back on the dungeons being instanced or not, I think I would want the only dungeons that are instanced are ones that have to do with story, right? Where you have to do it alone or with a small group, but those will be rare. Um, let's see. Let me look through here, see if I missed anything. Um, oh, this is something that no game has done yet that I had an idea for. Do I have the ability to make this game? Um, no, I don't have the money. Making this game now would be millions of dollars. But people have asked me, what is your perfect MMORPG? And I said, I already designed it, right? I just need the money and the team to program the bitch. But um, the the other thing I would do is I would make the weather on in the world uh, affect combat. So let's say it's a fucking lightning storm and it's raining, it's pouring, right? Uh, even if you're at level with the monster's defense and you're a melee character, you're going to miss more because it's, it's slick, right? Or you the visibility is bad. You'll miss more. Uh, it also means the monster will miss more unless they're a special kind of monster for that area that's like immune to that kind of thing. Um, if you're like a mage that specializes in lightning magic, you know, you get way more crits or something to that effect or wind magic during a storm, right? Or if you're fighting, you know, out in the snow, your fire spells have a bit more potency or your fire attacks have a bit more potency. Shit like this. So weather would affect combat in a way where you just see a little message on the screen, you know, that says like, you know, it's it's stormy or whatever, and this is the percent of effect it has on your combat. And you'll see that percent change depending on what you equip because you can, you know, you can fuck with it to mitigate the negative impact of the weather in the area. So I would I would also, because obviously there's going to be random weather events everywhere, and I, I would make the weather effect affect combat. Not in a super meaningful way, but in enough of a way where you need to pay attention. Um, yeah. That's, uh, I think I've covered most of it. Um, I'm, at this point, we've been going for about an hour, so uh, I'm ready to wrap up unless people have um, some more questions for me uh, in terms of what what I would do in certain situations. So I'll, I'll leave it open, open ended there. As again, I'll show you the big, the big fucking book of uh, this game I made. Fucking huge. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the RPG right there. Um, talking economy. Will there be an auction house or market board? Does gear need to be repaired? Uh, do NPCs generate infinite gold? Is the best gear from drops or masterwork crafting so i'll address all of those so economy um there would be an auction house i think 
I remember an assurance call. There was no auction house. I do think the auction house is beneficial. You know, outside of just people spamming, looking to trade this for that, right? So I do think there would be an auction house for sure. Um, would NPCs generate infinite gold? Uh, no. Um, yes and no. So their NPCs have a finite amount of gold they can give each player per day. Um, and it's, um, it would be, you know, it would be, uh, so like you can't have somebody else come up and grief an NPC and, you know, have them give them all their gold and then they're, you're like fucked. No, it would, it would have a limit per, per person, uh, per day. And that would reset every day. Um, is the best gear from drops or masterwork crafting? Both. You can get just as good a gear in both. Um, with, you know, obviously, uh, if anything, I would make gear found, you like gear that's found and rolls really good is usually slightly like a sliver better than anything crafted. But, you know, that's the difference because if you find some good gear that's better than anything crafted, that, that feels good. But the reason why that would be is because at some point, crafted gear is guarantee right it guarantees stats there's no rng involved so uh yeah i would uh, and again there's going to be skills so like you can fail if you're trying to craft something you can fucking fail at it right and have it be lower quality um there would be durability on items durability goes down in combat as always and when you die it takes a hit but you can repair it and npcs can repair it for you but it wouldn't be super super cheap um, however, players can repair it for you if they're blacksmiths and it's whatever they want to charge you, right? So if players want to, their blacksmiths are making, you know, uh, want to make money would undercut the NPCs. Um, does it have a name? It had several names. Um, the final name, um, was, and again, this was early 2000s. So World of Warcraft didn't exist, didn't even know it was being made. This one was actually called World of Rital, because uh, Rital is the name of the planet. But we we never fully decided. We didn't really like that name. It was more of a placeholder, and so we uh, we we never fully decided on a, a final name. Uh, last question on the philosophy side, considering the internet, how would you subvert gamers' tendency to optimize the fun or wonder out of games? I knew that question was going to come for you, Ram, because you've been wanting me to answer that forever. Uh, first off. Um, I would do the same approach Square Enix does in terms of data mining would be impossible. So people can't data mine patches that are coming out, right? Um, obviously, the game's never going to be perfectly balanced, but I would do everything in my power to be like, hey, if, if, if players are gravitating to this one thing because the other thing either A, isn't as strong, or B, you know, if it's not as strong, buff it. I don't want to nerf the other thing unless it's ridiculously broken and not doing what I intended it to do. But um, make the thing people, if people aren't going to a, a skill set or a, or a specialization because it's not strong as the other ones, then buff it. If they're not going to it because it's not as fun as the other ones, but its strength is the same, then I would figure out why people don't feel it's fun and change that to make it fun, right? To make those skills fun. If the skills suck, change them. Um, or if they're not going to it uh, because you know, of any other reason. So if they're like, I'm, I don't want to go to, 
to necromancer for example because like the materials i need to raise the dead and to do these things are just too expensive and i it's easier i can i can do slightly less damage but it's easier to do um be a fire person right then i would create situations where a necromancer in the game is needed and then make in those situations the necromancer really fucking powerful like really outshine everything else in those areas or situations to make people feel a need to do it right um but not make it so that you can't do it without it right you could still go in there as fire and and get through it but man if you were if you had a necromancer with you there damn they're going to be in high demand in the same way that in current MMOs, tanks and healers are in demand, right? That was just an example. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much how I would approach that, like uh, optimize the fun. You can you can never fully do that because they're always going to be min-maxers. But what you can do to combat it, combat it so it's not completely brain dead is find the trouble spots where shit just isn't fun or shit isn't viable and fix it that's a developer's job right uh to fix it but but ultimately completely getting rid of optimization and min maxers is impossible if there's ever i mean video games especially rpgs right are based off of math how the mechanics in the game work is all math as long as numbers exist in a game you can't not have people optimize it you can minimize that but you can't completely remove it it's always going to exist but i think cutting out data mining is one thing and uh, another thing that i would do which i mentioned years ago in one of my first podcasts with um josh strife hayes and romagus is what i would do is for dungeons and certain enemies right bosses especially so bosses in the game regardless of whether they're a boss in a dungeon or in a raid or in a world boss right what i would do is make them adapt to your play style not all bosses but a good chunk of them so for example you know let's say you're fighting this boss and he's he's a world boss right and let's say he spawns in like a volcano area and so you're like oh man i'm i'm a you know i'm gonna spec for frost and i use my frost sword and or you my frost spells right or my my cold infused demons that i can summon or whatever and you're you're beating his ass right you just kick the shit out of him um i would make him do something like okay then he does this big jump out right or pulls out this medallion and all of a sudden his shit changes to to like acid attacks or fire or uh, or maybe even the next time he spawns he shifts boss should shift they're not always statically the same to where you know exactly what you need to build to beat him every time i think they should adapt in combat and force you to swap certain shit out in the middle of a fight to adapt to him right because if you know that's why it would be easier to spec into multiple trees because if he's sitting there and he does like he's taking big damage from ice attacks and then all of a sudden your ice attacks are becoming pretty ineffective because he's becoming immune to it you need to switch up your play style on the fly so if you build hardcore into just one thing yeah anything that is weak to the one thing you spec into yeah is gonna die but what if that creature suddenly changes in the middle of the fight to something else? And not all enemies, obviously low-level enemies won't do shit like that, but I'm talking like bosses. What if they do that sometimes and you don't know when or where they're going to do it and you can't predict it? You need to be ready, right? Min-max is part of a fun in RPG being cookie-cutter ain't. Yeah, I agree. So um, 
that's how you avoid both of those cookie cutter and min max right so you and you're never going to completely get rid of it but you would minimize it that way but so anyway guys that was the uh that was how i would design an mmorpg and how i have designed one and it's been sitting in my uh fucking closet for 20 years um a subset of MMO obsessives would uh, re-re like Banshees the first time a boss would just, of course you would. And guess what? If they came to my company and complained on my Twitter or whatever, I'd be like, this game ain't for you, you fucking snowflake. Adapt or get the fuck out. <laughs> That's what I would say. I wouldn't accommodate to anyone who whines and screams. Unless what they're actually whining and screaming about is like a bug or something broken or is legitimately unfair. Um, then I would, you know, listen. But if they're just complaining because it's it's not it's not fair, you know, I I did this or that or this is stupid or, you know, or how people generally whine about the games they play, I would just tell them to shut the fuck up. And if they don't, if they don't like the game, then they, then the game's not for them. They should play something else. I wouldn't be shy about it either. Like, nah, this this game ain't for you, bro. You know, people coming in complaining. Hey, this guy that plays you know, five hours a day has way better shit than me. Um, I can only play one hour a week because, you know, my wife, I have a wife and kids and I went and did the PVP quest and then he completely fucking shit on me. I'd be like, sounds like a you problem, man. He has more time to spend than you. That's just reality. Fucking get over it. I'm not going to change the game so that you can get the same shit he, he, he has. Right? If you want the same shit, put in the same amount of hours. If you can't, fine play something else you know what i mean and uh you're you're also the one who chose to do the pvp quest knowing you were at a disadvantage so that's you made decisions fucking live with them and it's fine if things in your life are more important than the game that's cool focus on those things but don't come in and whine about a player who feels that the game is more important to him than his real life you know that's not my fucking problem he wants to play all the time that's he can but uh yeah, that's so. That's my approach, guys, to the MMORPG. Uh, if if you're just listening to this on Spotify, obviously you can't leave comments. But if you're watching it, uh, the VOD on YouTube, um, make sure you guys leave comments. Uh, so important question: Will there be booba and sexy skins? <laughs> of course, man. Of course, there'll be sexy skins. But I wouldn't go. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I wouldn't go to the degenerate level of. Um, the degenerate level of like anime skins that like people like Asmongold would want. You gotta keep it classy, right? But yeah, there there'd be a. You could make your character sexy for sure. But yeah, uh, thoughts and opinions. Leave them leave them in the comment section. I read everything people post. I really appreciate people coming by and talking to me and support. Uh, I, again, um, if you're on my Discord or even not, you'll probably hear from it. I'll keep you guys updated on Little Raz's health situation. If he does indeed have cancer or not, and if so. What's the approach? If not, hooray. But thanks, guys, uh, for coming by. I appreciate it. As always, my friends, keep it real.